Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Joining us today is an old friend of Mr. Bradley Limer, Hans Fifre, founder of Stuvo. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Hans. Thank you, for, Theo, for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here. So um, let's start today by talking about the way gig economy has evolved. Uh, many has talked about, you know, now is the time for gig economy. The future is gig workers. Um, how does all of that tie into your background in Haiti? And, and why did you start um, Suvo? Yeah, um, so in Haiti, uh, the majority of people have access to part-time jobs or gig jobs. And uh, it's very it's the only lucky few that have access to a full-time job, what we call W-2 jobs in the U.S. So um, growing in Haiti, I really witnessed how people go from small job to small job and uh, and how they're able to optimize for themselves. However, the access and the channels in Haiti to, to, to get a gig job is very different in the U.S. Now, coming back to the U.S., um, where the gig economy is booming, we have to remember that the gig work is not really new. The terms uh, gig economy uh, comes, uh, comes into place in 2009 when... Uh, people started started to refer to part-time job or freelance jobs as gig work. But however, if we look way back uh, in the 1930s, after the Great Depression, 25% of Americans couldn't find steady jobs. And this is when some temp agencies like Ross Kelly, um, Manpower, started giving temporary jobs to people. And fast forward to 1995 to 2005, we started having technology that boosted this uh, uh, this type of work. So we had uh, Craigslist on the web, Upwork, MTurk, Mechanical Turk from Amazon. And then in 2008, after the housing uh, market crash, we had uh, access via apps to uh, to to those gig works. Uh, we have Airbnb, TaskRabbit, and Uber. So today with COVID-19, not only that we have, it's easier for someone to partake in the gig economy, now there will be way more people Will be who are out of jobs or who got furloughed that will be able to use all those channels uh, to have access to those gig works. So they expect that by 2027, 60% of uh, the workforce, of US workforce, will be independent workers. So, which is uh, very important for a platform to help those people to guide them when they join the gig economy. Um, and this is basically what Stuvo is doing. Uh, Stuvo is a smart assistant boosting independent workers' earning and giving them access to the same financial products of W2 workers by leveraging their work data. So, so Hans, you and I have known each other for a long time, and we were just talking about um, sort of how long. And uh, you and I first met on the waterfront in San Francisco more than seven years ago before you even graduated from college. And I, I think about... You know, meeting meeting founders like at that napkin stage when you were just sort of sketching out the idea of what you wanted to do with Stuva and you were just starting. Let's talk about you know that journey just a little bit more and and other things that happened in, in Haiti. You know, you you talk about you know how things like the earthquake that happened in Haiti kind of reframed your mind uh, in in terms of what you were thinking about with Stuvo and what other advice would you give to founders uh, from your your journey so far these last six seven years. Yeah, time flies. Uh, I, I still remember our conversation uh, at San, in San Francisco uh, as if it was yesterday. Um, 
So after the earthquake, this is when I would create my first startup, iTrade. And this is when I really realized the power of technology to solve some problems. So this really changed my perspective on how impactful uh, technology can be and how uh, it can even disrupt or come with completely new market. Now, um, coming to Stuva in the US, uh, we've made a lot of progress um, and a lot of learning. So we've learned from the market, we learned from advisors like yourselves. And then um, in 2018 and 2019, we built the first version of Stuva. And the first version was really focused on the financial aspect of trying to ask people to connect their big account using Plaid and give them some advice on how to make more money and how to save. Uh, we, we realized three things very fast. Uh, the first one is the financial data itself was not sufficient for us to bring the right value uh, the user uh, wanted. And the second thing is there was a lot of lack of trust from the user. Uh, to basically understand and see the value of a Mint 2.0 to really solve the problems. And the third, which is the most important one, is we were not really solving uh, the user's problem, the root cause, that is how to maximize their income. They really care about how to make more money and how to smooth down their income. Um, so I think the, the biggest learning here was, and my advice to founders is, really be user-driven, not investor-driven or VC-driven. Try to really listen to those uh, to your users uh, and adapt your product uh, consequently. So um, basically, with Stuvo, we were able to adapt really fast and switch the product. Instead of building a Neobank app, we switch it and try to really address the main issue that those users were facing, those gig workers, independent workers were facing. And that was really a, a great lesson for us. Um, trying to always, always be in touch with the users and not try to pretend that we know their problem and we know exactly what's the, what's the solution. But uh, basically, it's, it's a whole journey um, where the, we have to really follow the user and understand exactly uh, from them. I, I can't agree more. That That's something that, you know, we often say, um, and alongside with that, don't, you know, be looking for, don't be creating a solution looking for a problem, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Find out what, what challenges people are having and, and talk to them, right? Talking yeah. talking to people seems like a lost art sometimes. Um, yeah. You recently wrote, um, and I want to follow up on, on the point that you just talked about. You said gig workers are overworked and underbanked. And 71% of independent workers cannot plan for major life events due to income volatility. And 60 million workers overall in the US don't qualify for basic credit cards. And alongside with what you just talked about is new banks mm -hmm. um, are not enough, right? You, you switched focus. So tell us a little bit more um, what's behind you know that blog that, that you talked about um, and what your thinking is behind it. Yeah, um, so this article uh, came from our understanding of the gig economy the gig space by talking to uh, as much workers as we as we could. So um, first, workers don't know how much money they will make at the end of a period. This is why the biggest problem for a gig for an independent worker or a gig worker is income volatility. So since they don't know how much money they will make at the end of the month, they basically become desperate, and they tend to um, have this approach of first come first serve, 
which is the first job that they will receive, they will just take it because they don't know if there will be another job after or how much the other job will be paying. Uh, because of that, then the risk profile of those users um, are pretty high, at least for financial institutions. They don't. They see that those users don't have a steady and consistent income. Um, and for those users themselves, it's really, really complicated as well for them. You will see Uber drivers uh, sleeping in the car and coming driving two hours to just do Uber in San Francisco. And when you ask them why, they will tell you because they think there's uh, more demand in San Francisco without any data to back it up. So yeah, so um, auto-saving, auto-investing, uh, auto-financial advice, or nice summary of transactions in a beautiful pie charts or line charts uh, may help, definitely. I think a, a lot of new banks and app can help those gig workers save more. Uh, however, they're not addressing the root cause, the, the main issue that those workers are facing, which is income volatility. Uh, and to that point, uh, I'm always saying, how can you save more when you don't earn enough in the first place? Absolutely. I mean, when you when you think about you know your experience as well, um, you know, from from Haiti to the journey that you have now, think about your work experience and and how has that influenced you know the what you're building at Stubo and just the way that you think about work in general. Yeah, so I think building a startup, um, I know it's cliche to say, but you really need to be passionate. Um, building Stuvo, I had to work seven days a week, uh, sleeping three, three hours or sometimes four hours <laughs> in average. Um, I remember there's a quote from Steve Jobs where he was saying that if you're sane, you will give up. You, need, you really need passion to be able to continue. And I think that really applies to Stuvo um, to build it. Uh, I was doing Stuvo part basically I built Stuvo part-time when I was at Google. Um, and this is also something that people really need to, really to understand. Uh, as an immigrant building a startup, I don't have the, the famous garage where I can build my startup. I don't have this couch uh, from my parents or my aunt where I can sleep in and basically being fed with ramen noodles uh, for months. Um, for an immigrant that building a a startup, basically we need to have an, a source of income, otherwise we'll be under the bridge. So we need to be to build that startup while uh, taking while taking care of some of our expenses, then having another job. So my experience is that a lot of VCs sees, uh, see that the sees that the fact that you have a full time job as a disqualifier, whereas it should be the opposite. We've built everything we built so far with Suvo was part time. So imagine what we will be, be building uh, full time and um, basically the passion that, that it that in the hard work the consistency that is required for you to build a startup while while having another job on the side is really big so these should be a qualifier uh, instead of a disqualifier uh, in the areas of uh, venture capitals I can't agree more. In an early episode um, of One Vision, we talked about privilege, and that's exactly what what you talk about, right? The being able to start a company, being an entrepreneur, is a privilege that not everyone has access to. It's not as simple as going to a website and register your site, and then off you spend you know twenty hours working on it. You need to pay rent. 
you need to feed yourself somehow. And so if you don't have the luxury of of support system or a wealth transfer of sort, you, you can't do it. So it's, yeah. it's a lot of grit, it's passion, it's hard work, and kudos to you for that. Um, I, I really like it. And and I loved what you what you just said too earlier. It, it stuck with me when I read it before is how how do you save more um, yeah. when you don't even earn enough to begin with, right? And, and I think that is the cult of a lot of the challenges that we see, especially in the society today. So yeah. let's dive in a little bit more on that um, and talk about how Suvo aims to help with that, the challenge. Um, from a technology perspective, um, what do gig workers need to battle the income volatility that you just talked about? How does Suvo help? And what are your points, uh, your plans beyond credit? And how does that differ from, from other companies, right? There are a few others out there, such as Steady, um, or um, a recent announcement by another FinTech um, that talked about adding job listing to the application. So how, how, do you, how are you different from what they're offering? Yeah, um, first, as I was mentioning before, uh, GigWork is not new. Uh, it's been there since 1930s, uh, probably even before. So um, what's changing right now is the, the access, uh, the channels right now to do gig work. Now you have app, uh, you have uh, um, web, it's web-based. So you have so many options to do a gig work. Now what happened is that a gig worker now have uh, to decide which, which type of gig work they want to do. They can either do services like translation, annotation, ride sharing, uh, delivery, um, they have different type of gig that they can be doing. But the second layer of complexity here is the location. Where I'm going to be doing uh, those gig work? Am I going to be doing everything online? Or am I going to be doing uh, gig work in person? If so, where should I go? Should I do a delivery close to the Golden Gate Bridge? Or should I position myself in the, in the middle of the city uh, in San Francisco? So there's so many options there. Then, of course, the user also have to decide uh, what time they need to go, the optimal time to go um, to benefit uh, as much as possible. So this creates a big issue. So companies can process millions of data and those companies, those platforms can optimize for themselves. However, the gig, work, the gig worker cannot, a human cannot process all those data and they rely only on those gig, on those gig companies to basically match them with the right job. So the gig economy embodies uh, the most radical reinvention of work since the rise of the uh, industrialization, uh, a massive shift towards the self-management and self-employment. But here, the gig worker does not have a supervisor. They don't have a manager. They don't have anything to guide them into making those decisions and knowing that if my decision was really the best, basically optimizing my income. So this is uh, what creates a lot of challenges, and this is where technology can work. So far, you have three main parties when it comes to gig work. You have the buyer, you have the worker, so which is the gig worker, the supplier, and you have the platform, example, Uber. So far, the, the platform is the only one of the three parties with the full access and control over the data and our processes and roles. So here, um, Stuvo, this is what we, we the, the role we want to play, is that Stuvo counters that. And we are leveraging similar data to optimize, not for those companies, but to optimize right now for the user. We try to help that user make the right decision. Um, and we try to leverage all those data to tell the user where, when, and uh, which platform and which uh, channel 
it makes more sense for them to reach their financial goal at the end of, of a period. Um, so yeah, um, furthermore, if we go to, to, uh, to the topic of credit, so we know that someone working job to job, basically they, they don't have a, a, a good credit score, the majority of them. So the, the, the financial industry relies a lot on the, uh, the credit score to build a, a risk profile for those workers. So the credit score basically um, is based on a lot of data from W2 workers. So when it comes to people working nano jobs with nano jobs, these predictions or those data are irrelevant. So this is where Stuvo, since we understand the work behavior of those users, we understand how they work, uh, their, in the, their earning potential and everything, we can uh, re- send those information to financial partners and have, uh, allowing those workers to have access to financial products. Now, I, I know that we are not the only one in the space. Uh, Steady is doing great work. Um, but the, the, the problem is so big, many players can can join and try to solve for those gig workers. And what's really different with, uh, with Suvod and Steady is we're looking at both sides of the balance sheet. We're helping those workers earn more and, of course, also have access to those to credit and help them pay back um, those loans when, when we give them access to so, um, so yeah, so I think uh, we, we hope there'll be m- many other players that will join and uh, trying to also help those gig workers that unfortunately are left completely alone. Yeah, I, I think about the, the past year and, and how it's sort of been instrumental and in how you've been thinking about that both sides of balance sheet problem. We have um, had seen, you know, more than 8 million people join the unemployment roles in this country. And a lot of people are new to gig work. And a lot of people are, are sort of rethinking the way that, you know, their future careers are going to sort of play out. And that's what I really like about what you're focused on is that it's not just one, you know, part of trying to save the money. It's trying to earn more money and trying to get them into different habits that will improve their financial um, condition. So when you think about the pandemic and you think about Stuvo and what you guys are going to sort of go into, um, how do you think about work and how do you think about, you know, the opportunities here for Stuvo as it grows? So there are more than 50 million people that either have been laid off or furloughed. Um, and COVID-19, even if we have the vaccine next year, COVID-19 will not stop the January 1st, 2021. So all those people that don't have jobs or that basically are not getting paid enough will have only one option is to turn into the gig economy and to join that new new type of uh, work for something for a lot of people. Um, here, Stuvo will play a crucial role to onboard those people that are partaking in the gig economy and um, to help them make the right decisions. So I think um, this is even tr- this is true in the U.S. and not only not only there, and many other countries. Um, the gig economy will be growing, and people will need to have some guidance to be able to max to make the right choice to maximize their income. So. Um... Recently, a friend across the pond, uh, Nainam Hanti, she said on Twitter, the greatest trick neobanks ever pulled was convincing all of us that 
having a card and an app of financial inclusion. And, and I'll add to that is not just having a card and an app, it's having a metal card that is shiny <laughs> um, is, is innovation. Um, how do you look at financial inclusion in your sense? And um, how, can we, how can we help eventually our, our customers achieve long-term financial security? Yeah, I think um, first we have to understand why those people were underbanked or unbanked. Now, um, when a lot of people don't have access to, to 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 financial services, and you give them a shiny metal card, as you mentioned, or a nice design app telling them now you have a bank account, is it really sustainable? Is it really solving an issue? And um, this is a, the big question that we've been asking. And in that case on financial inclusion, I don't think that just pushing to people, uh, neobanks to people is creating sustainable financial inclusion. In some cases, it, it, it is. Uh, it, it, it does create uh, um, uh, um, financial inclusions. But in the long run, we have to understand that the financial system itself was designed for W2 workers, people with stable, stable jobs. If you want to buy a house, you're going to buy a car, they will ask you for your, for your payslip uh, because they would assume that you have a job, you're getting paid regularly, et cetera. Now, in the new era of the gig economy, uh, if we want to create financial inclusions, we cannot just push a bank account to someone. We have to understand that even if they have access to that, bank, that new bank account, that's not really uh, sustainable or that may not um, be, be solving their, their main issue. So uh, to create financial inclusion, I think we have to, we're forced to look at both sides of the balance sheet when it comes to people working nano jobs. We have to help them manage your money, that's great, but also how figure out how those people can augment their money as well. I think um, one of the opportunities here is to change the way that people think about work and that, you know, these, these idea of short-term jobs, gig jobs, nano jobs, however you want to define them. There, there's no reason, you know, why there should be any sort of stigma to this because, you know, this idea of, of side hustles or yeah. this idea of, you know, working full time and then starting a business on the side, that's part of the story of, you know, international business. You know, this is okay. how every single business starts. It's, you know, that napkin stage where you and I were sitting, you know, on, on yeah. the San Francisco waterfront and you had already had this idea. You know, it's yeah. it's the other two, you know, companies that you started. And, you know, once we get past that, how do we get an entire industry that has been geared toward extracting value to actually see the value in helping people earn more income and manage that income? Um, when When we think about the opportunity here and you think about your platform, you've integrated thousands of different applications into sort of one behind the scenes. And what I was always struck by when I have talked to you about this and, and we talk almost weekly now, um, how you sort of build this dashboard for people to understand the opportunities and sort of optimize uh, that balance sheet. Um, what are the type of partnerships that you could see sort of growing with Stuvo? And if there are people out there that are thinking, oh, wow, I never really thought about this problem this way, um, you know, what, what type of ways would people potentially partner with you and how would they reach out to you? Yeah, um, so as you mentioned, we, we are integrated right now with thousands of companies, not only gig companies, um, 
even if someone works as a as part-time job for a retailer, more likely they can connect their work account to Stuvo. Now, what's really important is Stuvo is an AI company, so data is gold for us, it's the oral. So we um, we have to get as much data as possible. We also get data from uh, airports, events, to make sure that we, as much data as we get, we can uh, have a better context and then optimize for those uh, workers. Now, um, in terms of partnership, um, I would say there's three main partnerships, three main ways that people could partner with Stuvo. The first way is, of course, we partner with a lot of payroll uh, companies uh, so we can get uh, diversified data uh, and train our models. The second way is uh, basically if retailers or small businesses that want to retain their workers, um, they can use Stuvo and Stuvo can bring some benefits and some perks to their workers and help their workers um, after work be able to maximize their income or find some side hustle instead of quitting and going for the next job. Um, and the third one is basically we supply workers as well to uh, other companies. And what's very interesting with Stuvo is since we have a 360 degree view of this worker and the earning potential around, we can give some companies uh, our dynamic pricing. So we can tell a company, if you want to hire someone to do delivery, um, we have the number of workers and this is how much people are making an average across many platforms. So you can set your price, set your pay uh, um, dynamically to be to basically give a good offer to those gig workers and attract them. So these are the three ways um, people could partner with Stuvo. Um, and we are actually actively uh, creating more and more partnerships. Um, partnerships. So yeah, um, there's a lot of opportunities there for Stuvo and also other companies uh, to work together and build a future of work. Uh, well, and, and I think that's exactly the, the way to describe, you know, what you're building is the future of work. Uh, when you yeah. think about, you know, today we have communities, um, quote unquote, communities of connected workers on LinkedIn and places like that. And yeah, sure, there's jobs this, there, but these are not jobs for everybody. Right. We talk about exactly, privilege exactly. and we talk about the type of jobs that normal people do. And and that's what I think the, the power of what you're building is. Let's wrap with this question. Um, tell us about Stuvo in terms of the name. Where'd you come up with the name? What does it mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny question. So I was in college and um, this is when um, I basically I was overdraft one one time and I asked my mom to send me money. And she sent me money, but by the time I received the money, you know, those fees that you get from those banks, I became uh, more overdraft. And then her money didn't really uh, do anything. I was still negative uh, in my bank account. So um, then I became very frustrated and I said, you know what? I need to just find a job. Like it should be easy for me uh, that I have all this free time and I want to give some of my time and earn. I should find a job. Uh, However, back then, uh, the gig economy was not as popular. There was not Uber. Um, I couldn't find a job. I applied. I needed to bring my resume and everything. Then this is the moment me and my uh, co-founder started working on the idea of having a system that will tell you exactly, I understand your financial uh, situation, and this is the small jobs you can do to basically not run out of money. But we needed to create it to have a name. So we called it Stuvo because uh, we were saying that we don't want to change names every time we're going to pivot because we know that uh, it's, it was really young and we will probably 
um, have to change the idea a lot. So yeah, we came with uh, the name Stuvo. And if you can look at the logo, you'll see it's a parrot. Because before we were targeting South America and the Caribbean, and we said, we're going to come with something tropical. So we came with a parrot. Uh, however, <laughs> moving forward, um, we only focus on the US, at least so, so uh, for right now, but we kept the parrot and we kept Stuvo. So that was a good decision. Um, the domain only cost us $13 in GoDaddy. So that was a good investment. <laughs> well, I, I like that. Um, it, it, there is always a story behind a name and behind a logo, and, and I like yours. And uh, I think your story reminds me that we should and can look for inspiration in every corner. Um, doesn't always have to be in the waterfront of San Francisco, although this, in this case it worked out for you guys, but you had your inspiration way before that. And I'm um, so glad you are able to join us in the show today. So thank you so much, Hans. And thank you all for listening in to another episode of One Vision. We'll talk to you next week.